Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. So we're starting our series Selfie Today, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, if y'all aren't excited about taking selfies, I, let me tell you the times I take selfies. I take selfies during this sermon series, and then if I'm photobombing somebody, that's the two times that I want to be involved in a selfie. But if y'all have ever watched social media, you have watched certain people, and I'm not calling anybody out, so if this is you, I love you with the love of the Lord, but maybe I'll call you out a little bit. We, we watch certain people that love to take selfies, right? Are y'all with me? Huh? Are y'all with me? Like, there's just certain pages in this like, wow, that person took 732 selfies this week. <laughs> they like them, so, but... but the one thing that I want y'all to know today, and this is, I got a lot to say, and I'm really excited about what I believe God's given me, but all of us have been given a born identity. Now, I need y'all to know that the born movies, B-O-R-N, it is a U, isn't it? B-O-U-R-N-E is not what I'm talking about today, but they are really good. I do love those movies, so if you like Jason Bourne, praise the Lord. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about how you were born into this world, your identity. It matters. Listen, if you poll people and you ask them, what's the thing that you want to know about yourself? Or actually, this is interesting. You don't even have to know that this is your internal desire. The fact of the matter is every person down at their deepest core want to know one question, who am I? Who am I? When you break down everything, who am I? And like, the thing that's so interesting is you may think that you know me, but in reality, most of us don't even know ourselves. And so the thing that I want to dive into today and the, the way that we're going to start this series is to, to discover what we are, who we are, and how in the world can we know this. So there's, there's a couple things that I want to show you first. The first thing is the difference between identity and to identify, because this is a tension that we all live in right now. In this country and in this world, the thing that we live under is the difference between identity, which is the set of qualities that makes a person unique, and to identify is to find out or establish the identity of. Now watch this. Y'all stay with me. Most people want to be identified as something without knowing their own identity. Are y'all tracking with me right now? Yeah. And so this is the deal, y'all. Listen to me. I'm not talking about any groups of people in particular. I'm talking about all groups, every person. I want you to identify me as something, but I don't even feel comfortable in my own skin. And that is the issue. That's the tension that all of us face in our lives is we hope that based on certain things that we do, people will begin to identify us as. And so, for instance, I am a pastor, so you identify me as a pastor. And even though that's what I do, down deep in my core, I am something far deeper and much different. There are unique qualities about Mark that makes me what I am. And when the only thing that I am is what you establish me to be, and the only thing that I hope for is that you will identify me as something, 
then I fail to know my identity because I fell in the trap of identify. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's all of us. There's not a person under the sound of my voice that doesn't find themselves in this tension at some point in time or another. And it's devastating to each and every individual when we hope to be identified as something, but we don't, we don't look to find out who we really are. So let me give you some examples before I jump into Scripture. Examples. Identity. The identity crisis. People love to steal your identity, right? We hear, this, we hear commercials all the time. Watch out. Hide your credit cards. Don't put them online because people will try to steal your identity. But that's not your identity. That's your credit card number. That's your money. But, but, but the reality is, let me just tell you what I think when I think of this, is right outside of my office right here, there's a massive, massive mirror. If you walked in right here, you saw the mirror. If you're a dude, this is how you saw the mirror. <laughs> right? Are y'all okay? When you pass it by, it's, it's on my left if I'm just walking in the door and because it's, it's right here. And so you just look at it and go, hmm, that's a shame. And you just keep walking, right? But this is what I've noticed. This is what I've noticed. And if this is y'all, I love you. And I'm not, I am sort of calling you out, but just stay with me. But this is what happens. If it's not real crowded through there, this is what the ladies will do. Y'all don't know we got a camera watching y'all. This is what happens. All right? Ladies walk in and they sort of give a look, but someone's with them, right? And so they're like, and then they'll forget something, right? And they'll go back. And then they're looking because no one's around. And they're checking everything. They're making sure that everything's good. And, and every once in a while, and I, I just, I'll look through the camera thing sometimes, and I just laugh because I'll see so-and-so. It don't matter who it is, but you know who you are. They'll, they'll look at it, and they'll go, everything looks good. Because we so care about the way that we look. Now, I'm not saying that you should walk out of the house and look all crack, jacked up, right? You don't have to look jacked up. But, but, but people spend millions of dollars annually, millions of dollars to make sure that their identity is where they want it to be. We, we doll and plastic things up to make sure that they're exactly what we want them to be. Plastic surgery is so massive that people in Hollywood spend tens of millions of dollars making sure that they have this certain appearance. And yet the suicide rate among people that have gone through those things is astronomical. So it doesn't fix the problem. It fixes the shell. It fixes the outside. I remember y'all when I was, some of y'all are going to think that this is hilarious and then some of y'all will feel really sorry for me. Please do neither one. Actually, the hilarious part is true. But when I was in the eighth grade, I need y'all to just picture this body because you can see it right now. As a skinny, like 150-pound kid, Kevin remembers. So some of y'all might remember this person, but like I was much smaller than I am now in, in middle school and high school. But my head and lips and ears were the same size. <laughs> y'all weren't supposed to laugh. It, it's incredible. I grew into some of this stuff, so praise the Lord for that. But I got made fun of a lot because it really was incredible. It looked like I had airbags and satellite dishes. And so it was for real. Deploy. And so, so one day I was belly aching at home. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. My pops is in here. He can, he can tell you that I'm telling the truth. I was feeling bad because I had whatever. I was feeling sorry for myself. And I think this was probably, it was middle school, I think. And, and people were making fun of big ears and whatever and stuff. And that's just what kids do. And you shouldn't. So front row, don't do that. But 
my mom considered taking me to get these ears pinned back, right? <laughs> Having surgery to pin, and she said, if they're making fun of you, we'll just, we'll just take you and have surgery. And I think back at that now, y'all, for real. Now, listen to me. This is not a joke. I'm not making that up. It's funny, but it's not a joke. And I think to myself, if I had gotten my ears pinned back, there was plenty more to work with. <laughs> and that wouldn't have fixed the problem. Are y'all with me? Because that wasn't the problem. Boys are mean, and they find stuff to pick on, but we think the solution is just that. And this is what all of us want in life is that if we can just find that pill, that thing, that surgery, that whatever, that it'll fix it. And I'm not saying that there's not a problem that you shouldn't do it, that you shouldn't have the surgery, that you shouldn't whatever, but I'm telling you, we will never feel satisfaction by fixing the things. And all of us feel the tension of if I could just get that next thing or if I could just fix that or, 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 or something superficial. If, if I go on a crash diet right now and I lose 50 pounds, God help me, if that happens, I might look better to certain people. But at the end of the day, I've still got to live with me. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be healthy. That's, that's got nothing to do with the point. The point is, I think that if I get this right, that then you'll identify me as skinny and so I can go out and go and feel good in a bathing suit. But if you feel good in a bathing suit, but you hate you, it's not helping anything. And so one of my favorite passages in the Bible is, is 2 Corinthians 5, and it's where we're going to dive in today. But there's a, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 5 that I've never really paid attention to in this regard before. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in not in verse 17, which is very familiar in a verse that we'll read every week in this series. But verse 16, it says, watch this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the, what is that word? Say it again. Flesh. I always thought that that meant sin, right? Because we've heard people say you have flesh, you have a sinful nature. And it does mean that, but not in this context. It just simply means your outward appearance. The characteristics of, of what makes you up to us. How we see you. We don't regard you according to this anymore. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him this no longer. No longer are we going to just look at people as they are. So all the time we feel this tension of racial issues and we think to ourselves, well, we're bad because we look at people like that. But until you look at you like Christ wanted you to look at you, you will continue to have these prejudices, these prejudgments toward people based on look. We will continue men to look at ladies in a different light than we ought to. We will, we will continue white people. To look down on certain people based on how they look because we judge based on flesh in our human nature. This is not talking about sin. This is talking about us. This is who we are. We look at people. Now, I'm not telling you for one thing. Listen, that the first place that you are attracted to someone is not with your eyes. I understand that we look at each other and we go, I like what I'm looking at. I might be interested. But if it stops there, y'all have heard me say this a million times. Pretty has to talk back to you. I should have gotten more of a response. Handsome's got to talk eventually. No matter how good they look, if they are morons and they're hot, it ain't worth it. Where's my young people in the room? Some mamas need to say amen with me. And it's a constant battle of I want to be identified as something so I doll myself up and make myself look good versus I know who I am. And I'm comfortable walking in these shoes. And I don't have to make you believe I am something that I am not. 
because I've come to the realization of who I am. So Paul says, listen, we don't regard them according to what they look like anymore. And everybody has an appearance, and that is fine, and that is good, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but there's a shift that has to happen. So watch this. Most people want to be identified as something without knowing their own identity. And until we learn our own identity, it doesn't matter how you identify me. I will still find myself miserable and wondering and wandering and trying to figure it out. And listen, I need y'all to get this. If I'm trying to figure out me and begging you to tell me who I am, I will kill people that I'm called to love on, including my spouse, including my kids, including your families, including the people closest to you. When people struggle with their own personal selves, they wreck everything in their lives trying to find out who they really are. And all along the way, we make these excuses like this is just a season. This will pass. This is just something that I can get through. Y'all, the suicide rates in, these, in this country right now are devastating because we attack people on their outward appearance. We attack people based on what they are or are not. Sexual identity problems are massive, and I'm not making light of them. It is because there is something internal with persons, each one of us, and in some cases, they believe that if I could just change this, then I would feel better. But the reality is I am not putting down any human being. What I'm telling you is that isn't the problem. This is the problem. And there's not one person, no matter how comfortable you are being you, there's not one person that doesn't struggle in this area. So Paul says this, y'all, in verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everybody say in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, that is going to shift some people today when we see what that means, because I'm telling you, it's awesome. He is a new creation, or, or the other translations say new creature. The old has passed away, and behold, new has come. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Let me jump right in and show you what this means. In, in the original language, means state in which something operates from the inside. It's a preposition in the Greek that means something that, it, the, the, the state in how I operate. Now watch this. Most people love the idea of salvation that are in this room right now. You're at least interested in God or you wouldn't be here. But to understand what God has done in me, I have to realize that it never, never, somebody say never, never. had anything to do with this. That I think for some reason that I'll start feeling better about the way that I look or something like that because God saved me. It's silly because if I was fat before I got saved, and I was, I'm, I'm still that today, and I am. God doesn't, it's not like God is a pill that he goes, Vroom, and then all of a sudden I got skinny because I got Jesus. Hallelujah. That's got nothing to do with it because when man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. That's what 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 says. We, we take so much time trying to fix what is broken and never get to the heart of the problem, which is the heart. We never look at the root issues. And so this word, I loved it so much. And I told y'all last week, this is a sermon series that's been on my heart for a long time because I have, I have these big sticky notes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Huge, massive sticky notes. And I, I ride on them when I get an idea when something happens. And I've been working on this for six months. And I really believe the reason that I'm so passionate about this is because the season that I'm currently going through is this. 
I'm not struggling to change y'all. I'm not struggling to change my family. I'm struggling to realize what God has called me to do because I'm trying to figure out my own identity. And I don't want you to describe it for me because if you do, I may get more confused than I already am. And the processes that I've been shifting through is being comfortable being me, knowing that I've got friends and family and people that are uber successful. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. That can be something that's a great thing because we are partners in the kingdom of God. This is not a one-man band, and this is not a show to try to get you supporting this guy. This is to build up the kingdom, to shift the culture, and so that you know who you are in Christ, not you know who your pastor is in Christ. And, and so the problem is that if I'm not comfortable being me, then I will put you in a light of, of, of absolute confusion because you'll go, well, I think that was pretty good, but, but I don't even know me, and he doesn't know him, and he's trying to get me, and it, and, it's, and it deals with craziness. And this is the epiphany I had, y'all. The state in which something operates from the inside of means that when I trusted Jesus as my Savior, he shifted the old and placed a new in. That, that, and that may seem so elementary to you, and in actuality it is, but check this out. I am not what I was. The righteousness of God was placed inside of me, and who I am was then replaced with who God has called me to be. I don't have to try to be something I'm not. I only discover what God has made me to be. And I listen, this is the big shift. That means that I can live from and in his person and not try to please his person that he's already pleased because I am his and he is mine. And my love relationship with God is not based on what I do, but based on what he's done. And until that becomes my reality from my toes up to my head, I will aim to try to please a God that it is impossible to please because he's perfect unless I'm rooted in him. My operating system has changed. I'm no longer what I was. So everybody that judges me based on what I used to be, and I'm talking about you right now, because in your life you have people that judge you based on what they know about you, based on where you've been, based on the things that they think about you. That's going to happen. We prejudge people based on what we see, but not based on what is in them. Their operating system has changed if they're in Christ. There is no one on this planet that truly has hope except for you who is in Christ. Because the word Christ means anointed or set apart. In the specific nature of Jesus, it means the Messiah who was called to save the world. But for us, the Messiah put himself in us through the person of the Holy Spirit to shift our operating system from fallen, from dead, to living life in Jesus. I am no longer mine. I was bought with a price, and he put himself in me. I am his. And when that happens, I don't have to fight to be great. I have to rest in his person and understand who I am. The greatest challenge we face is to accept the true love of God and rest in the fact that he's made me exactly Exactly like I am. Exactly like I am. Because all of us want to change the physical nature of ourselves, and we think if God will just do this, I'll change. This is what I find is the struggle. And I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to track with this, but I feel like maybe a bunch of you will. I find the struggle to be that we think, once I'm saved, I should stop struggling in these certain areas. So maybe if I just go through these four steps that I'll stop struggling in these certain areas. And I did these four steps, so maybe if I just go through this, I'll stop struggling in these 
certain things. And, and then that didn't work. So, so maybe if I just go through this class because I like how that guy does it. And for the rest of our lives, there's going to be struggles because you have a sinful nature. But what I realize is God's desire for my life is not for me to perform good acts for him, but to come to an understanding of what he's made me to be in himself. And the more that I do that, the more I fall in love with God. And listen to me, listen to me. I stop considering what I used to be, and I stop focusing on my junk, and I start focusing on who he's made me to be and why. And as long as I focus on what is anything but Christ, now listen to this, because I'm telling you this is Mark. If this isn't you, then praise the Lord. As long as I focus on anything but Christ, then I will put my attention on where it should not be. And it will cause me to want to change that. But Christ has already changed it. He is perfect and he is in you and he is already a finished product through you. And as long as you try to be that finished product and you don't rest in his finished work, you will struggle with your identity. Watch what the Bible says right Y'all, this is so good. I'm about to just run and shout and spit. So front row, danger. Verse 18. Remember, it's, if anyone is in, everybody say in. In. He didn't say work for Christ. He said you're in Christ. In is the most important. Then he says all of this is, all of this is from God who, what's that word? Through. Everybody say through. Through. So, so it starts with in and then it goes through. And this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Reconciliation. To reconcile is to take a relationship that was broken and restore it. If I was the Secretary of State for our country, my job would be to go to nations that have broken relationships and see if I can bring reconciliation so that peace can exist. That was impossible because of sin. Man cannot have relationship with God, but God sent Jesus. And as a result of the, of the punishment and the crime that, that we had put on us from the sin, and we should have paid because of our sin, God took it instead, and it says that through Christ, not, not if we work hard, but through Christ, reconciled us to himself and then gave us, this is so crazy. He didn't just reconcile us to himself. Then he said, now here's the keys. Now it's your job. I don't care if you're a plumber. I don't care if you're a school teacher or a nurse. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a businessman. I don't care what your job is, and it's awesome, and you do what you do when you're called to do, but you are a reconciler. No matter what you've been called to do, every person, every person has been pulled and called to be a reconciler. That is my calling. That is what I'm supposed to be, but I can't be what I don't understand I am. That's good preaching. I cannot be what I don't understand I am. So, 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 if I'm constantly trying to figure out who I am and I'm constantly trying to earn God's favor and approval, if I'm constantly trying to be good enough for God, then the only way I'll try to reconcile to the world, and this is probably going to sound familiar to some of y'all, and I am calling people out, but I don't believe they're in this room, is to attack the world that is not reconciled. Now, I just want y'all to hear what I'm trying to say right now. If I'm the Secretary of State, who is called to reconcile two nations together. 
And my way of reconciling these two nations together is by cussing and pointing and shooting missiles at both parties. How good do y'all think that would go? It ain't going to go well. We have weapons for one, and that's the, that is Satan. That's the devil. That's the enemy, the prince of the power of the air and the king of this world. Not people. We are reconcilers to people, and we fight against the kingdom of darkness. We are not called to hate the world. Every time that we cuss and hate and look at people and think what idiots they are, we don't even realize who we are. We want them to identify us as Christians, and we show them the opposite of reconciliation. And the result of that is no one wants what we've got because we're not, we don't even know what we are. We walk around and we go, we, you should get this. Shame on you. What's wrong with you? You bunch of crazy people. And then if I look at myself and I realize what I was before Christ, I blush. They're good compared to Mark. The hateful nature that was in my heart. The prejudices that I used to live with and still do when I let myself try to be good enough. This word through might be the most excited I got studying this message. The word through literally translates finished product all the way through to the end. I'm about to get going right now, y'all. Here's, here's what that means. I don't know who you are in the room specifically because I look around and I know some people and I don't know others of you extremely well, but this is what I know. If you're in Christ, meaning that you have truly given your heart and life to Jesus by saying you're the Lord, I'm not, you died to take the place of my sins and I'm no longer mine, I was bought with a price, I'm yours. If that's you, that means that a finished product was placed inside of you and as in Christ, that means I am learning who I already am but as a finished product in Christ, the only thing that I discover in my life is what God has already completed in my life. I am not trying to work hard to be. I already am, and I'm learning who I am. God's finished work happened through Christ, that it is, and it's in me. The greatest reconciler, excuse me, reconciler on the planet is you. It's you. It's every single one of you because God has placed himself through Christ in you. And we learn who we are as a finished product. I only step in God to my destiny of what I already am. And every second that I try to become something I'm not, now listen to this. Every time that I look at someone and I say, if I could just be like them. Every time that I look at someone and think, I wish they weren't better than me. Here's what I say. And I've never really considered it this way before, but I'm telling you with every fiber of my being, being, I'm convinced of this. Christ, I know you did a good work in them. And it'd be really cool if you could do a good work in me. And so if you just change this and this and this about me, I'd be all right with you. But until then, I'm going to struggle finding my own identity in Christ. And as long as that's the case, we will hide. We will make sure that we look over our shoulders to make sure no one's looking at certain things. We will, we will not be comfortable in our own skin knowing that not everybody's going to love us, knowing that we're not God's gift to humanity, but we're called to be reconcilers and that the finished product all the way through is already in me 
and he's given me the mess or the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of pastoring and my exact calling, the uniqueness of my own identity is beautiful. But what supersedes that, what is greater than that is the ministry of reconciliation. Listen, that all of us are called to. We are joint heirs with Jesus. But the church does not know itself because it's trying to find out who they are. And so we live in this tension bubble of, if I could just figure out who I am, I'd feel a lot better about stuff. Verse 19. That is in Christ. Everybody say it again. Say in Christ. There it is again. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. If God is not counting the sins of the world against them, then why should we? I'm going to say that again. If God is not counting the sins of the world against them, then why should we? Why should we be the ones taking a list and checking it twice like we're freaking Santa Claus, making sure that everybody does exactly what we want them to do? Because we'll love somebody as long as they do what we say. But as long as someone lives differently, lives a lifestyle differently than us, we can't love them. We just hate them. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about today? Can I tell you why I think I have so much passion in my heart for this? This is me. This describes my person. This describes what I've come out of. And this describes most of my life. I used to be the doggone police. And I would police people's behaviors and try to make sure that they fall in these certain categories. I wanted to be the perfect husband. And so when I wasn't, I hated myself. Whenever I slipped back into a sin, I hated myself. And then I just would think, if I could just get this class over with, I would do better. And it's because I was not comfortable in Christ. No matter how many things I did, it never seemed to get better. And the hate would brew up, and he loves it. Satan does not care if I'm up here preaching, y'all. He's not intimidated by my message. He's intimidated by the name of Jesus. And when the name of Jesus and Christ in me becomes my identity, he can't stand up to me. But when I try to stand up without that and without being secure in my personhood in Christ, then I'm just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. I'm just wasting time. And that is most Christians in the world. Why do miracles not happen today, Pastor? Are, are, are there not talented people in the world? Are you kidding me? There's never been a generation more talented than ours. But there's not people that know themselves in Christ. That's why. Because he is the one that brings the miracle. He is the healer. He's the one that's the greatest evangelist. It doesn't have to be us that is so relevant and so good. Relevancy is a lie. He is the most relevant thing on the planet. And so to be cool enough, I try to make myself feel good enough, and I find myself being so insecure in my own person that I beg you to tell me my own identity because I fail to understand that it was in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. That's what that word trespasses mean. And entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, I love this, we are ambassadors for, everybody say for. See, see, it goes from in Christ to through Christ. And then he reminds you, remember now, this is in Christ now you go and do it for Christ. And most of us get that backwards because we say, okay, I got a little Jesus and, and I got my pixie dust and I feel good about myself, so now I'm going to go work for Christ. If you work for Christ before you know who you are in Christ, you will be a disaster. And that's what the church looks like to the world, y'all. Because we aim to be good enough and we beat ourselves up so often. 
We have these identity crises, and we, and, and we love to look out and make fun of the identity crisis of the world. I would, I would argue that the identity crisis in the church is the greatest problem on this planet right now. Because if the church knew itself as the bride of Jesus Christ, as the lover of our soul is looking down on us, not hating us, not pointing down on us, not gritting teeth and making dust out of our teeth. And, 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 and with so much hatred, he looks down on us and says, I love you. Just know who you are in me. And the moment that I'll step out and say, you can hate me, you can take everything from me, but I know I am secure in Christ. It shifts everything. It changes everything. The word ambassador is the same word that we use when we send a dignitary to a foreign nation. Watch this. This is so cool. To live on that foreign soil, whatever country you want it to be. I love going to Israel. I'm going back at the end of this year. And I love in Jerusalem walking this certain place that we walk to get to the old city. And you can see the American embassy. And I just get this feeling in my heart because I'm proud to be American. But in Israel, I could go through those gates. And I'm no longer in Israel. I'm in America. Did y'all know that? I'm, on a foreign, I'm in a foreign country, but I can go back because, because the representation from America to Israel is the ambassador to Israel. And he lives on sovereign territory. Even though we're over there, he's living on sovereign territory. Now, I need you to get this. When you're in Christ and you have a realization through Christ, and you begin to walk out for Christ as an ambassador to reconcile the world, even though this territory may not be ours today, your territory is yours. Where you walk is kingdom territory. It is not theirs. It does not matter how much territory this world has. You are the ambassador from heaven. And you, in your circle, no matter how big it is, and I'm here to spread it. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not happy with a little box. I'm ready to open this thing up and for everybody out there to know who we are in Christ. And so we're not going to do it with guns and with hate. We're going to do it through the love of Christ. That's how we're going to show them. But today, maybe it's just my house. And maybe it's just this little church, but it ain't going to be that long because through Christ, in Christ, and then for Christ, we're going to bring more territory as ambassadors for Christ. And then he says this, we implore you on behalf of Christ. And this is the message, y'all. This is the picture. He gives us such a cool picture. He says, so as a result, we implore you on behalf of Christ. And listen to me. I'm telling y'all this. Be reconciled. I don't know who you are today, but I believe there's, there's many people under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching online or in this room, that you've not trusted Christ. You may have gone through the motions as a kid. You may have gone through the motions as an adult to get somebody off your back. But to truly be reconciled, to have that relationship that's broken, come back. That's never happened. And Paul says, listen, be reconciled to God. And then this is the beautiful picture of what it means. This is how it happened. After the why and the what and all that other stuff, this is the how. He says, for our sake, he made him to be sin, Jesus, who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that in Christ, now listen, if you missed everything I've said so far, listen to these last couple minutes. How do you know if you're saved, pastor? If you know, I believe the way that you know you're saved is not not having bad thoughts because I think you're going to have those. 
the way that you're saved isn't you haven't screwed your life up completely because people still screw their lives up. The way that I know I'm saved is when my identity shifts from what I used to be to who I am now. So who are you now, Pastor? What does that mean? I'm the righteousness of God. Here's what righteousness means. It means right standing. Everybody say standing. Standing, right standing. See, the word sin makes me fallen. And the picture of fallen, that nature, is literally to lay down. I cannot stand up in the presence of God if I'm fallen. The Bible says that every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But the reality is no one can even stand up in his presence. He's so beautiful and marvelous. And because of our sin, he can't even look at our sin. But, but, but. Instead of looking at us as sinners like he should have done in, if things were right, he said, there's no way they can pay for it, so I'm going to send Jesus to pay for it, the one who never sinned, and I'm going to put every sin of in the entire mankind's history, before, current, and after, forever on him. And if they'll receive Jesus as their Savior, I'm going to take off their fallen, and I'm going to do the opposite of fallen, which means upright. My righteousness literally translates uprightness with, with, with equality. I'm not the same as God, but I'm a partner with Christ is what the Bible says. I am not lesser. I'm not lowly. I'm not nothing. I'm an ambassador for God. I am his. I was bought with a beautiful price. And even though I can't stand some of the things that I've done, he looks at my sin and says, son, what sin? Walk with me. Learn who you are in my name. Learn who you are. Learn who you are. Don't try to convince them of something that you're not. Don't try to be what you're not. The uniqueness of what I've made you to be is beautiful and is perfect in every way. If you'll learn who you are in my name. I'm the righteousness of God only because of what he's done, not because of what I did. And to those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to be called the children of God. And so this is how I want to close this first message. Everybody in the room, in some shape, form, or fashion, has struggled with their own identity. Whether you didn't quite accomplish what you wish you'd accomplished at this point in your life, whether you hate the way that you look, but who you are is not the shell that you're walking in. Who you are is the righteousness of God if you're in him. And that's what he wants you to know today. And so for every person in the room that doesn't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. Don't walk out of here and say, I hope someday I can get that Jesus thing down. Here's all that you have to do. Jesus, I don't even understand all of this, but I choose to follow you. I want my identity completely and totally in Christ. No longer will I try to be good enough. I am in Christ. And I will walk as a new creation, learning who I am in him right now. Will you bow your heads? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just believe the Holy Spirit's moving in some of your hearts. And so, right now, what I want you to do is say, Pastor, I feel like you were talking straight to me, and I need that. Listen, you know who you are because your heart is beating out of your chest. 
You don't even want to move. You're scared to death. I'm not going to ask you to do anything magical. I just am asking for your honesty and boldness because you are tired of wondering who you are, and today you're finding out and discovering who you are. You are the righteousness of God when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Pastor, that's me. Just raise your hand and say, I need to be saved. Come on, all over the room. Who is it? I need to be saved in here. I need Jesus Christ to save me. Thank you. Keep your hand up, if you will. Who else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm the righteousness of God. Come on, all over the room. Who is it? Who is it? I need to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I need to trust. Who else? I need to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I feel like you're supposed to have an opportunity to respond to this message. I don't know if this message touched anybody's heart, but this is what I want to offer you. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to move. But if you struggled loving you, if you've struggled being comfortable in your own skin, if you've struggled with your identity in any way, if you've hated yourself, if suicidal thoughts have taken place, no matter what has happened, but you're ready to just lay that down and say, no longer am I going to be this because I'm going to realize that who I am in Christ is a completed work that I am learning every single day. If that's you, then I just want you to make this your altar right now as we sing. And if nobody comes, then I say, so be it, because that's awesome. Then everybody knows. But I have a feeling that there's a lot of people that will move. Will you pray with me, God? I'm just thankful that through a lot of frustration, through a lot of wanting to throw my hands up, through a lot of confusion in my own heart, you've shown me what it means to be in Christ. And Lord, I don't believe that I'm at the finish line. I believe I'm through the starting blocks. But I'm so excited, Lord, because you who began a good work in me will see it through to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. I believe that I'm a finished work that is walking out in you. I don't think that I have to be smarter. I don't think I have to be cooler. I think I have to rest in you. And God, I believe there's many people in this room that have struggled with personal self, with identity, with racism, with hurt, with past, with abuse, with neglect, and thinking that they had done something to deserve it. God, they've done nothing to deserve it. And God, I believe freedom only comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, we lift up your name because you're worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. We love you. And in your name, we pray all these things. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us? This is your altar. You come.